had made stupid decisions when I was, you know, younger. It takes time to overcome those decisions. It's just like, you can't be 300 pounds and want to be 150 pounds and do it in two weeks. You got to put in a little bit of work. So that's what I was saying. The sooner you start, the sooner you get to 150 pounds, right? You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hi, everyone. It's a great day at Estimate Rocket Radio, and I want to give you all a very warm welcome. My name is Kathleen. I'm a co-owner here at Estimate Rocket, and I am joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank. He is our leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm really good. Glad to be here. And I am too, because today our guest is just phenomenal. His name is Aaron Moore. He's the president of PPD Painting. He's actually celebrating his 18th year anniversary in his own painting company. And he's also the co-founder of CPIA, that's Commercial Painting Industry Association. They've been together for two and a half years now, and they are really making some huge leaps with the commercial painting industry, with the education and events that they're doing. So I'm really super excited to dig a little deeper and talk to Aaron all about this. So we talk with Aaron about how his company, PPD painting, uh, sales and profit planning. And he talks about how to make it to the next level in new stages of revenue growth, but also moving from residential to commercial, whatever those big leaps are. He talks about the value of saving money and planning presentations to the bank for line of credit. This guy knows money. He knows how money works, how to make a lot of it, and how to keep a lot of it. And don't forget to check out CPIA if you're in commercial or interested in getting into commercial work. Hey, Aaron, welcome to Estimate Rocket Radio. Hi, Kathy. So Aaron, we've known you now for a little while, Kathy and I, and I know you're over there at PPD Painting and you are at CPIA, which is the Commercial Painting Industry Association, if I got that right. Correct. And you actually had a convention recently. We did, actually. We we held a conference called the uh, CPIA Leadership Conference, which was our inaugural event. And we plugged that in with Technology Publishing, who hosts a vendor-hosted event called Contractor Connect. So on the front end of it, we hosted our educational series and kind of uh, networking events. And then on the back end of it, uh, Contractor Connect hosted a vendor uh, hosted event, which is essentially gives uh, vendors an opportunity to sit one-on-one with contractors and kind of talk to them about new products, get some feedback on the products that they're doing. So it was really a cool event because we were able to combine the two. And I think we're looking to uh, do that at least for one more year and kind of continue to see how that partnership evolves and how it works out. But for the first year, it was a huge success. We had about 100 attendees and a lot of the kind of who's who in our industry, which we were really happy with. And, uh, we, you know, for our inaugural event, it was a, it was a, it was a great success. That's awesome. I know we were excited to jump in as a sponsor, I think of the happy hour. You sponsor drinks for a vast majority of the conference. So That's it actually worked out to be very good. And we were very appreciative of your uh, contribution and support. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to be involved. Uh, It sounds like you guys are doing some cool things over there and being connected to other commercial contractors. I think, you know, we, we want to learn from you guys. We definitely provide a product that's being used by commercial contractors 
And so as we are in the middle of our vision conference and we're helping people learn how to use the numbers that their reports are spitting out to use them in future sales and profit planning, uh, we thought we'd ask you some questions, uh, you know, how you do it in your own company, how other contractors at the commercial level are doing it in their company. And so the first question we have for you is, how does your company plan sales and profit for the coming year? And what, what makes you guys distinct in the way you do it? Sure. Well, the way that we, we use year over year data for starters. So that like our baseline is this foundation of data that we've collected over time. So, you know, it's, sort of Excel based, but not all Excel based. A lot of the data comes out of accounting software or estimating software or CRM. We're pulling, we're extrapolated data, putting, combining it into a place in Excel where we're able to use that data to see what we use, what we did in the past. So whether it be sales, profit, you know, profit is obviously very dependent on expenses. So we're able to look at our expenses and what's a variable expense, what's fixed. So what's going to fluctuate and and how do those percentages shake out? So we know if we're going to be kind of accurate as we continue to grow and hopefully continue to grow. And we have in the past. And then also though, the other side is, is if you contract a little bit, you can also see where those fixed expenses are going to be. So we use historical data as a starting point. And then we forecast, here's what you know, we obviously know if we did exactly the same thing we did last year and we kept all of our costs and expenses the same, this is what it would look like. This is what we could expect. And then we can forecast for where are we going to see changes? Are we going to see material increases? Are we going to charge a price increase ourselves? Do we think we can mm-hmm. have a generate additional revenue? Are we going to, uh, you know, are we hiring somebody new in the office that's going to be an overhead expense? So some of that stuff we're able to forecast that isn't necessarily exact science, but we can kind of hope that this is the direction that the business goes. So that's where we start. Mm. Okay. And Aaron, when do you start this process throughout the year? Well, we meet quarterly to look at where we are and make adjustments. So like this okay. year, we actually blew it out of the water. We, we were a million over our budget. So that's wow. a great problem to have. But at quarter two, we were like, whoa, we're already almost here based on our sales. Here's where we're going to wind up. Let's go back and re kind of rethink things. So we are making adjustments throughout mm-hmm. the year, but our real planning for the following year starts sometime around the end of October, beginning of November with a goal of a of a preliminary budget for review by the end of November. And then that gives us a month to hone it in and be ready to go for January. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty intense. I like that. Mm. So you talked about what you're using to track your numbers and getting historical data. You're taking that over to Excel. What do you use for some of these processes to make sure you're capturing those numbers? So, I mean, our primary, we still account, we still use QuickBooks for accounting. So a lot of our data is coming out of QuickBooks uh, as far as income and expense reports. That's not sales, but just income and expense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what do you, Uh, what are you using for sales? For sales, we use HubSpot CRM. So we we keep our pipeline up there. So we're able to see, and we keep, you know, you use uh, different categories or different deal stages, they would call it. So we have a stage where we're looking at. So if we look at stuff for 2022 budget, we'll categorize that into 2022 budget. So then we'll know, okay, hey, this is the what we have bid for next year. We can look at awarded projects. We can, you know, so we're able to kind of see, okay, historically, we know we close whatever percentage it may be, you know, different I'd say that for us, different project types 
close at different levels. If we're bidding work to GC, it's going to be a lower close rate. If it's a repeat client, it's going to be a lot higher close rate. So we try to forecast it that way. But we can look at it and just say, overall, we've got $3 million in the pipeline. We know that $1 million of that will likely convert based on historic data. Mm -hmm. So now we know looking into the next year, we should have, if we're looking at what's sitting out there in the pipeline and in budget for next year, we have you know, we should have a million dollars in sales to start our year and then build from there. We do use, uh, not not everyone uses Estimate Rocket. Yeah. We find it to be very beneficial in the multifamily HOA world for us, mm. not so much in the general <laughs> contractor or like industrial side of our business, Right. but we do find it, you know, like, because a lot of the multifamily HOA is very, you know, very similar to what you'd see in a residential setting. So mm -hmm. you have walls, doors, ceilings, windows, trim, baseboard, and and, and, and and articulating that well in a proposal is really good. And that's what Estimate Rocket does a great job of. It's mm -hmm. like breaking out these proposals, line iting it, and then including the pictures and instructions. So like we can put together a big proposal because a lot of times in the HOA multifamily world, we're not actually meeting with the decision maker in person. So mm -hmm. what Estimate Rocket brings to the table is a proposal that really spells it out in a lot of detail. So that's where we have had great success with Estimate Rocket. And then that does also keep a list of our proposals. We're able to see where that piece of our business lies. Oh, that's so great to hear. We mm -hmm. love that. In the arena of the CPIA, do your peers do anything differently than what you do as far as um, planning your sales and profit? All right, you're setting me up for a CPIA pitch, but no. <laughs> uh, you know, That's obviously, okay. yeah, obviously, we kind of all do things slightly differently, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us use different resources. A lot of us, most of us work with consultants, quite frankly, that help us through these processes. So a consultant is going to bring in kind of their own twist on things that are going to help us. Uh, many of us have CFOs or contract CFOs. So, you know, those people are going to bring to the table what they do. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing, and like what I would say is definitely people do it differently. Like we're all kind of going with the same goal in mind, mm -hmm. but we all do it differently. And that's really like one of the cool things about the peer group model within CPIA. And that was kind of when my whole vision of the of this being successful was I want to learn from people who are doing it. So the real beauty of it is, is like when we had the vision of putting together these peer groups was that you would get, you know, six, eight, 10 people who were actually doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of somebody like we all, like I said, we work with consultants, we work with CFOs, contract CFOs, they all have their ideas. But when we sit down in a room with seven or eight or nine other owners and it's like okay hey here's what i came up with and we're able to show them here's what and they're not competing they're all in the same business so it's like we're we're confidential so it's easy for us to compare because mm -hmm. we're not we, we don't have any there's no nothing to hide right so now i have somebody who actually is going through the same process at the same time focused on the same end goals right our, our end goal is to make money painting stuff that that's mm -hmm. the general goal of our business <laughs> right. so you know, we're all have those same goals and we all look at it through slightly different lenses. So when we're able to kind of combine that, it's like, oh, I just heard something there. Like they look at it, you know, we might look at it as cost of goods sold. And this is how we analyze our cost of goods sold. They might look at it as, you know, profit per job. And this is how we look at profit per job. Now, those are just different words to kind of get to the same thing. But we might track things in KPI language a little bit different, which gives me some insight on like, oh, maybe that would be a good KPI to start tracking. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I know that. At, now, now, did you start residential? Actually, remind me. We did. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I started, you know, my background is I went to college, got a degree in finance. So that's why I like to talk about this stuff. I, I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, and that's been one of the strengths of our business. It's really what allowed us to do what we've done mm. is the background in finance, understanding cash flow, savings, how banks work. You know, that was really a, a thing that was beneficial to me in the early stages and still continues to be beneficial to our organization. But um, I think when we started, it was me and a friend and a truck and painting. So, I mean, I, I, there's no job at this company that I haven't done, whether it's fill nail holes or set up QuickBooks or, you know, go through estimate rocket or land the biggest contracts we've ever had. Every job that's here I've done. Wow. But don't you think that's really super important? Yeah. Yeah. In a company being a leader and being able for your team to be, to know that, that you have done every single thing that's is being asked of anyone in that company. I think that's super mm-hmm. important. For sure. It's important in a lot of ways, you know, it's important both to the people that work for you to like, Hey, I'm not too, I'm not above getting down on my knees and filling mm-hmm. holes in baseboard. I mean, I did it. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the other side of it is when your customers are talking to you and trying to see you're able to forecast what's going to happen because you actually did it. You did the job. You're not just selling them on something you don't know anything about. So it it is a huge strength. The downside to it is with always with experience is the hardest to gain. It takes a lot of time. So you can't like bypass it. But if you look at like second gen companies in our industry that, you know, a lot of us know, you know, a lot of those guys, their dads gave them, Hey, you start with a paintbrush. Once you get that mastered, then we can talk about the next step, you know, start Mm -hmm. with a paintbrush, go to college. You can work for me in the summers. And so those, you know, guys and girls in our industry have the same kind of upbringing, even though they might be second generation, which I think makes them very valuable leaders to their companies. Mm -hmm. I got a quick question before our last question about how people get a hold of you and find out more about CPIA, but you know, you went from residential commercial, you just mentioned you're into some industrial work. Uh, if people are planning sales profit and, and you're planning that stuff to keep growing, to keep staying profitable, and that's a very dynamic process. It can't grow stagnant. And, and you know about leaping past those barriers from one stage of business and revenue to the next. And, and there's different modes of leadership to get to the next level. And there's different ways you have to think about things this is a little bit of a curveball, but you said you're good on your feet with this stuff. So to get from like residential to commercial, to make that big leap, what do you think is the key thing to know about planning sales and profit to make that leap? Sure. I actually love this question, Chris. Yes. And it's an important one. And I think it's one that like, it's one of those things where I kind of see it like, when you hire you and you bring in a coach, whether it be for golf or for bowling or whatever, they give you these drills, they tell you what to do. And then most people don't have the discipline to do it. And then they're like, why do I not get better? But mm. the, the, there's a true straightforward answer to this question that works, you know, almost all the time. Mm. And that is you have to forecast your financials and you have to make more money than you spend, right? So the first time we ever doubled our business and we made that transition to commercial, we financed it out of our own retained earnings. Mm -hmm. So we didn't spend every penny we made every single year. So, I mean, this was small time. So this is us going from 500,000 to a million dollars in revenue. 
and making that leap from residential to commercial and going from a few people to a team. And, you know, when we did that, we had to take on larger clientele that had longer payment terms without a proven track record of being able to handle this work, which a bank's going to want to see if they're going to establish a large line to be able to float this. Mm -hmm. So we took on a couple hundred thousand dollars of work that needed us to float a hundred thousand dollars in cash for 90 to a hundred days. And I floated that out of pocket. Wow. Right. So once I did that, as soon as I did that, the next year I went right to the bank. It was like, look what I did. Can I get a line of credit? And they're like, yeah, of course you can. And then it was like, then it went from, you know, a $25,000 line to a $50,000 line to a $250,000 line to a half million line, you know? And then it's like, then you can start to do things. And I'm not saying, and the lines are going to be based on your borrowing base. So you have to have the work to, to be able Mm -hmm. to use the line. So you're not, it's not exactly debt financing, right? You're not borrowing money from money you don't already have owed to you. You're using that to, for interim cash flow. So right. once you can start to understand that concept, it mm-hmm. really poises you to be able to start targeting some of the larger contracts out there that'll help you grow your business. Do you think the key learning point there for a lot of people who don't who haven't done that yet and they're listening to you, you think the key point is learn how to think about lines of credit or is it really about the savings to be able to build a case for a line a line of credit like what do you do you think there's a one more pivotal point there or do you think that it's it's all just kind of one and the same well i do think it's kind of one and the same you have to kind of okay. understand how banking and lines of credit work but the other side of it is like if you're fiscally responsible personally and as an organization, mm-hmm. it'll help you. So like, mm-hmm. this is again, something that can't happen overnight. Look, you've been a fiscally irresponsible. I was a kid coming out of college. I started this business when I was young. I had bad credit and bad, you know, <laughs> I had debt. I had made stupid decisions when I was in, you know, younger and, you know, it takes time to overcome those decisions, but mm-hmm. it also, it's just like, you can't be 300 pounds and want to be 150 pounds and do it in two weeks. You got to put in a little bit of work. So, you know, that, that that's what I would say. And the sooner you start, the sooner you get to 150 pounds, right? Wow. There's so many questions I want to ask, but I know that you're a busy man and I am super appreciative and I want to earn a line of credit with you as far as like respect. And that way we can have you back on the podcast sometime if we keep this short and sweet. So um, Aaron, what do you have coming up for events at the CPIA? So our next event again will be in the fall. We're trying to kind of keep that up. Uh, we are okay. finalizing the location right now. It will be towards the end of October, beginning of November. Um, we just are hoping to announce like, we're literally at final stages with the hotel. I'd like to tell you where it's going to be, but I don't want to have to go back on my word, but I would say that we'll have an announcement. We'll definitely let uh, you and your audience know as soon as we have it finalized. Um, Also, there's a lot of people that will be, uh, a lot of people from our organization will also attend the PCA conference in March in Orlando. So we anticipate having, you know, some camaraderie there and trying to bring some of that commercial footprint back to PCA as much as we can help. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. And and how can our estimate rocket audience get in touch with you to find out more about the CPIA? Well, our website for the CPIA is the CPIA.com, T-H-E-C-P-I-A.com. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the information is on there. Um, okay. Any sort of uh, request for information, whether that be 
on the vendor side or the individual company side or somebody that's just part of the industry that would like to talk to us more or, you know, be around the commercial uh, loop, I would say, you know, there's a contact form there. I'm happy. My email address is my first name, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at P-P-D painting, like Peter, Peter, David, then the word painting.com. So I'm happy to, you know, anyone can shoot me an email or, uh, you know, go on the website and give us a call. We also have an executive director now that we've brought on, Mike Stanley. So any mm-hmm. questions from whether that be membership or sponsorship side, we can uh, heal field and host and kind of let you let you know the opportunities that we have. We're really excited. We just um, in January, we're launching our first leadership development peer group that's targeted to key employees of our members. Mm-hmm. So we have a program and a, and, a, and a person that's going to be hosting the, that peer group, which will be mm-hmm. different because it's more of a guided process to improve your leadership along with the one-on-one, but you have, you're joining eight other leaders from other companies that you're, they're, they're number two. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to be able to meet people that do your job. And we're, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I have my guy, my number two in there and super excited for him to meet other number twos from companies around the country wow. and say like, Hey, what are you doing? So that hopefully he can get better at his job too. That yeah. is an excellent idea and very and, much needed, very much needed. And Aaron, as I'm speaking to our Estimate Rocket community, I do a lot of one-on-one calls checking in. I will make sure that this is top of mind for them and I will have them check out everything because they, um, if they're not already involved, I will highly suggest that they get involved. Yeah. And we're, I really appreciate that. And I'm super happy to jump on a call anytime. And if it's a podcast or any way that I can help, you know, that's my goal is just to kind of help the industry influence an industry. It's just kind of, you know, one of the things that part of giving back, it's been a good industry to me and it's provided me a pretty awesome lifestyle. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm still doing it and I'm still working in it and my business is kicking butt and the people that are on our team are just amazing. And I'm happy to do anything I can to kind of contribute to the industry and and estimate racket as well. It's absolutely thrilling to hear you use those words because it at Estimate Rocket here, our whole goal is to have our contractors thrive. And when you're thriving in your business, you're thriving personally. So that's our mission here. And we work really hard every day to make sure that our customers are financially healthy and really closing in on those sales cycles and making more money year over year. Amen. It's been awesome having you on, Aaron. Uh, definitely want to follow up and have you on again sometime. We're just we're just kind of breaking through some neat topics here. We'll hopefully talk to you real soon. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Chris. Take care. care. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. That's pretty intense. I like that. Mm.